2: Out there, that's right, it is All Saints Day, the day after Halloween. It is a day in which us uh, fine Catholics who uh, got stomped on yesterday for all of the parades out there, all you Protestant bastards in Reformation Day and all of your, you're just a papist BS. Oh my God, it was insufferable. Like the <laughs> the amount of insufferability that was on Twitter yesterday from the Happy Reformation Day crowd. I've What? It was so weird to me to see this because it wasn't just like, hey, I'm celebrating Luther nailing the 95 Thesis to the the door of the church, right? It wasn't that. It was literally like attacking Catholics yesterday. It was like a day in which you could just attack, attack, attack. And I saw people to the point of which they could sit right next to each other at work. Or have to train somebody and then treat them that way. And disrespect them that way. But really, we're doing this right now? This is the time and place that we're doing this at? Where we've got Hamas apologists all over the world. Where we're watching Jews be slaughtered in some of the most brutal, awful, disgusting ways. For no reason other than they're Jewish. That is ridiculously stupid. I think we should be able to coalesce around um, slaughtering innocent people for their religion is bad. Yeah. Okay. I think we can do that. So let's be yeah. better. As we begin my birthday month, and Pat, by the way, I'm, I'm super glad as we get into critical thinking here on this WTF Wednesday that you decided to continue to wear your costume. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Is yeah. it Darth O.? Or is it Darth Bucket? Uh, or, uh, or is it Darth Sith? Uh, we, what? Darth Sith? Are you a <sighs>
1: Sith Lord? No. First of Maybe all. Maybe that's
2: what the the Star Wars thought of gingers, that they were all you, Siths. No, you, okay. Because aren't they souls? Dar- calling
1: someone, Dar- Darth Sith is redundant, bro. Like, that... Do you even Star Wars at all? Yes, I do, brah. Um, and, and and no, there were plenty of Jedi that wore black.
2: That's right, folks. WTF Wednesday right here on Critical Thinking. I'm Andrew Coppens. And he's Pat One. We've got a ton to talk about, including uh, apparently um, video evidence that can be verified is not enough for... Yale University, or is it Yale College still? Oh, no, it's Yale University. It's Yale University. Yeah. Um, it's longest-running, in fact, the longest-running daily newspaper, student-run newspaper in the entirety of this country to uh, to stand up to Hamas. Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, um, apparently that type of individuals, or group of individuals, I should say, um, are demanding perfect war. We're going to talk about that. But also, Pat, we have not talked about the shooting in Maine that happened, right? We haven't really discussed right. it all that much here in the program because what else are we what are we really going to say about it other than it's awful, it's terrible, it's horrible. We feel terrible for the the families that are affected by this.
1: And also we didn't have all the facts, information stuff right. either we still don't. to be able to we still don't. So Right.
2: But, of course, everybody is moving to their respective corners already. And, well, they did that within the first 24 hours. And then uh, we got two of the dumbest takes on the AR-15 that I have ever seen, Pat. Like, like literally the dumbest takes I have ever seen. <coughs> I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking in, about. In the wake, wake of this. Yeah. One from the left and one f- supposedly from the right. So we're going to talk about that. And then um, Joe Biden... Uh, has some yokes for us all, Pat. He's yucking it up in the face of the Biden crime family scandal. He has yokes. Yeah. He's got yokes for us. Cause they, they're not funny jokes.
1: Oh yeah. I see. I see. I see what you did there. Mm hmm.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So with that being said, um, I think the right place to start here is, um, well, I, I just can't do anything other than this entire episode is just literally WTF.
1: So are you saying our Worldview Wednesday segment is also WTF?
2: Yeah, you would be correct. You you, you would be okay. correct just, on that. My just friend. to clarify. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Yep. I just wanted everybody out there in, in – uh, watching land and if you're not watching you can do so rumble.com backslash critical thinking or making sure you subscribe to or uh follow at the cop show at the pad only show on axe over on axe where we release this show every single day for your viewing pleasure as long as it allows us to upload it by the way so um that's been hit or miss but We're working the kinks out, but every single day we will put this show um, on X for you so you can find it um, every single day if you want. You can go to at the Pat Ony Show, at the Coppin Show. You can find it every single day. Okay, with that all having been said, do not forget, we love you on the podcasting side. Uh, Pat, can you do me a quick favor? Can you go Mm -hmm. to find our show on uh, the Apple Podcast website? I'm I'm very curious as to exactly how many reviews we actually have there. Uh, It looks like 40. Holy sh—we have 40 reviews. Okay, so here's the challenge for my birthday month. Because it is my birthday month, and, Pat, I can't wait for the gift that you're going to give me every single day. I I know there's a gift coming my way every single day on my birthday
1: Uh month. Sure, sure.
2: Because you have taken the time to stockpile throughout the year. I'm thinking about that, the, the year. of my
1: son coming, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. Way more important.
2: Right. right. Priorities, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but on my birthday month, 10 more reviews, please. Let's get to 50. Let's get to 50 reviews by the end of this month, and let's see if we can do so. Also, by the way, um, we have not talked about this yet, Pat, but I want to do it real quick. Uh, we're going to... There's going to be some times are changing coming our way. And um, I just want people to be prepared that um, we've also been thinking about how we do this show and what its impact is on the broader discussion on how we're doing things and impact. And that's been a word that I think um, is going to be important going forward is that we're not just here to you and I, talk away, Pat, and and hear ourselves think, right, and hear ourselves talk. We actually want to impact. We actually want to make an impact, not on just the daily discussion, but on broader topics, on critical thinking, and all of those things. So we've really been thinking behind the scenes for probably about the last six months or so as to how this show impacts people on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. How are we impacting the lives of people? And one of the things that we would really love to know is what things do you love about the show? Again, you can find us at The Cop and Show, at The Pat only Show. Um, you can go to criticalthinking.locals.com. You can drop a note there. Um, let us know. What is your favorite segment? What do you love about the show? What do you not like about the show? We want your feedback. We value that feedback because it's important for us to understand what we are actually adding value to or not to your life. And um, the goal of this show is impact. It always has been. It always has been changing narratives. It always has been taking a look at facts, data, analysis, giving you the tools to be able to make these discussions and change um, things within your own community, within your own family, within your own lives. But uh, there be there's going to be some bigger changes coming in the next, I would say what, probably literally week to 10 days um, on this program. So that We're going to leave it at that for right now. Um, we'll deal with it next week, more than most likely, but know that within the next week, things are going to change for this program, um, and that's all I'm going to say. But with that being said, um, one of the biggest things that I've seen change in the course of the last, well, literally month and a half, almost actually just a month at this point, because it was October 7th when the Hamas unprovoked attack and yes it was totally unprovoked attack on Israeli civilians um, occurred and it is kind of I don't know about you Pat but it's kind of opened my eyes to just how deeply ingrained Marxism really is around the globe and it's also opened my eyes to how intersectionality and victimhood That mentality, right, and that academic theory of oppressed versus oppressor, um, all of that sort of stuff. All of that stuff has really kind of been ingrained across the globe because I cannot figure out how I can see a sign that says Allah loves equality with a bunch of rainbow flags around it and a bunch of trans, gay, bisexual, whatever people standing behind that uh, sign. I I can't figure out how that happens. I can't. Because all I know of Allah and all I know of the various theocracies, right, the theocratic governments that exist across the Middle East by and large, is that y'all be dead. Y'all be in prison and and starved and and brutally mistreated the second that you were to commit a homosexual act or a a trans act. Yeah, y'all be dead. Okay, that's the reality of that. I I can't abide some of the things that we've seen on college campuses. I can't abide the fact that we've literally seen across the globe people finding flights from Israel to try to kill the Jews and then uh, interview eight-year-old boys who can't wait to stab and murder with a machine gun, by the way. Um it's changed how I view the world. I don't know about you.
1: I don't, I don't know if I've gone as far as to say it's changed how I view the world. I will say this, though. I have seen some of the dumbest things in recent weeks when it comes to Hamas and Israel um, and and the Muslim religion um, in this country that I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, somebody holding up a rainbow flag saying hashtag Allah loves equality. You go hold that sign up anywhere pretty much in the Middle East, especially in a Muslim controlled country,
2: you are dead. Flat out prison, starvation, death of some nature, whether that's throwing you off the top of a building or stoning you or and I mean literally. Go look it up. Go do your history. But again, we look at this, and, and why. what I mean by it's changed how I view the world is that I used to view the world through the lens of kind of like these things can be compartmentalized in terms of uh, the Middle East, the left-right dynamic in Europe, the left-right dynamic here in America and across the globe, Right. That communism, socialism, whatever, birds of a different feather don't flock together because that's exactly why fascism versus Soviet Union happened on one front in World War II, right? I what I mean by changing my worldview is I no longer see this as compartmentalized. I see these, I see this because now I see it from the these are the same birds of the same feather, and they are flocking together because what we have missed here in America, is this the thread of oppressed versus oppressor. And this is language that has been taught throughout radicalized Islam. This is the language of leftist academia here in America. And they see the world through the lens of race, religion, and oppression. And that's all intersectionality at its very basic level. And I always thought this was kind of western leftism, right? That this was pure academia and you know, leftist ideology here in the west, if you will. And that it didn't really exist elsewhere. Except for it does. Because that's very clear because it's exactly what Hamas is using. It's exactly the linkage between the campus protests and what's going on in in Gaza, right? It's a direct line. It isn't as if you've got to skip over something to get there. And, and we've talked about that. And so that's what I mean by this. It's changed my my view of things, how I view the world, is that there's no longer this idea of East-West. And maybe that's because for me we see the world through the lens of the, of the West, right? This, um, you know, hundreds of years of Western in enlightenment and yada, yada, yada. Mm. And, and that means you would kind of ignore what is going on in the underbelly of other places around the globe. Except for these are the same birds of the same feather and they have imported leftist ideology into Islamic radicalism. They have imported it. And you see it within some of the radical governments of the Middle East that are wholly Marxist. And we don't pay attention to it because it's something that we don't have time to pay attention to, given all the things that are going on here in America. And I understand all of that. But when this type of a situation happens and we watch what we've watched on college campuses, we see what we see on our televisions, we see the very simple inability to black and white say, yeah, no, you don't get to murder innocent people. And, and claim victimhood anymore. But that's how I mean that how I see the world has changed. No,
1: that's actually a really good way of putting it um, to where you see the leftist ideology being um, incorporated in other aspects of the world, um, whether that's in Europe or in Israel in this case, of or we're talking about with, with Israel and Hamas um, within radical Muslim my ideology. I, I I think that's actually a very um, apropos type uh, analysis of what's really going on. Um, and and as you're as you're talking about this, it's making me think about my worldview and how I look at the world and be like, oh wait, this ideology isn't just here in America. This isn't just – it's becoming less of just an American problem and more of a worldwide problem.
2: Right. But one of the most troubling things that I have seen since we've started to see Israel ramp up its ground operations, now that it's gone beyond just airstrikes and and gone to the ground, one of the most disturbing things that I have seen from that that same crowd – now that we know that they're playing the oppressed versus oppressor game, is that now civilians matter. And I'll prove it to you. Watch this from a White House press conference this week.
1: Thousands of uh, Palestinian civilians have fallen so far, including 160 of my own relatives. And I'm just wondering, how many Palestinian civilians need to be
0: killed before the United States called for a ceasefire? First of all, my condolences to you and your family. Are you in touch with some? Well, not as much as I can. Not as much as you'd like to be, yeah. But uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear that. And so I can see this is obviously personal for you. I can tell you it's personal for the president, too. We don't want to see any more civilian casualties. So in terms of a ceasefire, um, our concern with that is that Hamas benefits. To the, to the tune of being able to refit, renew themselves, plan and execute uh, additional attacks. Um, and as I said yesterday, right now is, is not the time for a general ceasefire. It is, however, the time to consider pauses in the fighting, long enough so that folks like your relatives and family members can get this incredibly needed humanitarian assistance and perhaps a a way to get out if they want to get out. So we're, we're supporting that and we'll see what we can do. But again, my, my deepest condolences. I
2: it's WTF on both fronts, the answer and the question to begin with. How much time? Oh, and by the way, Pat, did you see Egypt yesterday? Their response to all of this. Yeah, no, we're not opening our borders.
1: Yeah, no. They literally said,
2: no, ain't going to happen. You Mm -hmm. figure yourself out. They don't have the ability to take hundreds of thousands of refugees. Why? Because their infrastructure couldn't hold it. Their infrastructure couldn't bear it. And they're right. I'm not going to destroy my country because you're destroying yours. It's just that simple. So, so congratulations to to Egypt for that. Yeah, nah, you can you made your bed, you can lie in it. We ain't the same. Um, but that question by the the Palestinian report. First of all, a hundred and sixty of your relatives. How many second and third cousins are you including in that, brah? I'm j- just very curious on that. I don't trust a damn thing coming out of people who are talking in a pro-Hamas language. Not a damn thing. Secondly, how much time is enough time for civilians to get the bleep out? 24, 48, 72, a week, two weeks, a month? Oh, that's right. Um, Their own government has trapped them in there. Their own government uses them as human shields. And by their government, I mean Hamas. Right? They use them as human shields. They do all of those things. We've known it for a long time. It's been their playbook for decades at this point. And they continue to do it in this case. They put them in they put their own people in harm's way to further their crazy ass ideology and their oppressed versus oppressor victimhood ideology. Because if they can just get enough sympathy, right, from the Western world, see, they can get the ceasefire and then they win. They're playing that game. Now, John Kirby's um, response for me, Pat, is batshit insane. Look, great, be sympathetic to the death of that person's relatives, right? Okay, I understand all of that. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the substance of the question of ceasefire. Well, what we should do is pauses in the fighting. Uh, Yes, Pat? Um. Isn't
1: pauses in the fighting also a ceasefire?
2: Correct. You are correct. It's yeah, it's saying sh- ceasefire, sure. <laughs> but only for 24 hours, right? Mm. Again, Israel is playing by international war laws, right? This is the thing that they're playing from a moral high ground, if you will, from an international rules of engagement you know, perspective. I'm not saying from a actual moral perspective. I'm saying from okay, they're playing by the rules of international war, right? So they have dropped leaflets. They have told people they're coming. They have told them this, that, and everything in between. But this is not them. You know, fighting for Strasbourg in in uh, in France during 1945 or 44, right? This isn't them right. battling in, in in the Battle of the Bulge. Nah, this that ain't that you're dealing with a government that has no legitimate known fighting force that it's just people right there's no hamas wearing you know uniformed fight this and fight that no that's not how this works it's not that to suggest a pause is to suggest that you give, the other, uh, you give the other side an opportunity to regroup, to go into those tunnels, to hide, to resupply themselves. What do you know about war? When you've got your enemy on the, on the ropes, you continue to hammer them into submission. And what do we know about this war? The objective is what? The destruction of Hamas. And that doesn't end until Hamas is gone. And frankly, that means until you root out every single last one of those rat bastards. And I mean that. Because, Pat, we talked about this off air. There's video that's out there, and we I'm not playing it, that will show the most brutal thing that you could possibly imagine. Where a family, it's a mother, a father, and their son or daughter. I forget. The, the individual is too young to know. Okay. The father is bound up in the bedroom, forced to watch as they behead the daughter or or son. And then the mom's watching that too. And then they rape the mother for hours on end, behead the mother, stick the mother and the, the daughter or son, stick the child and the mother into an oven in an attempt to burn the bodies. We're... we're This is what we're dealing with, people who literally, oh, and then they shoot the dad in the head after he's watched all of that happen. That's who we're dealing with, and that is the realities of this war. So, well, how many civilians need to die? Tell that to the 1,400 civilians that Hamas brutally murdered, raped, beheaded. And, oh, Pat, by the way, just in case you're wondering about birds of the same feather, this comes from... Um, the Yale News. At the end of the column by at Shahar Tartak, editors of at Yale Daily News affixed a correction saying claims that Hamas raped women and beheaded men are unsubstantiated, quote unquote, at Yale's student newspapers running cover for Hamas. And you can see this if you are watching on the Rumble uh, channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, or on X. Editor's note: Correction, October twenty fifth. This column has been edited to remove unsubstantiated claims that Hamas raped women and beheaded men. Uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, Pat. Yeah. What unsubstantiated claim? It's literally on film that is verified, metadata verified everything. That this is a real video, and there are hundreds of these that exist out there. Now, is it true that all these children, these 300 children that were killed, all of them beheaded? No. Okay, so they, they only beheaded 10% of them. What? Does it matter? Does it matter? Mm-hmm. Do you know how we were
1: talking about just a few minutes ago of our worldview, how this has opened up our minds to different things and yeah. uh, specifically to birds of a feather flocking together? How special do we need to be to bury our heads in the
2: sand? Yeah, how how this? elite in our heads do we have to be to do this? And this is also something that I, I think we're as we head towards Thanksgiving here this month. It also brings back some of the the romanticizing of the oppressed, if you will. Because we see this oppressed versus oppressor narrative when it comes to the Native Americans, right, and um, some of their practices and they, they're they're above us mor- morality wise. They're above the great oppressor of the West, right? The great American oppressors. If I have done anything or you have done anything to oppress a, a an Indian, Native American today, right? Somebody of a First Nation or whatever that you want to call them up in Canada, right? The point is this. They have romanticized this idea that the oppressed, the so-called oppressed, are somehow this morally superior, righteous, if you will, group simply by being oppressed. Now, is it true that they live in an, in, in an enclosed area because they see, except for Israel is an open society, there are Jews, Muslims, Christians, people of all stripes, whether they're Ethiopian Jews, um, Akhenashi Jews, whether they're Jews that have lived there for thousands and thousands of years, right? Whether they're people from the Caucasus regions, whether they're people from Asia, right? They all live and they all have voting rights. They all have the ability to do everything. I, I just, you can miss me with your moral how many civilians. Because the, the other part of this is war's insane, okay? War's nuts. It's messy. Ask the individuals who were in Afghanistan and Iraq who had to make life and death decisions on a daily basis, and they made horrendous and horrific decisions at times, but based on information right in front of them in the moment. They had to make a life and death split-second decision to, does that 14-year-old does that look like they're, they're about to pull a gun or to uh, take this pen and blow me up or not? That's war for all of the black and white oppressed versus oppressor.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
2: You've lost your oppressed status when you rape, behead, murder innocent people sitting at a bus stop. What fight is it that they have with you? What fight? None. By and large, none. By that logic, should the people who live on Indian reservations or who are, you know, more native blood... Right. They have Native American blood. Should should that give them a right to just go around, you know, tomahawk style, beheading and scalping every single person they see in the city of Chicago or New York or Los Angeles or Phoenix, Arizona? Right. How about North Dakota? How about South Dakota? How about anywhere? Because they've been oppressed. Or is there beef with the federal government in the United States of America? I could argue they do have one. They have had one. This society has brutalized, right? There's a brutal history. And the history isn't just the Trail of Tears. It isn't just, you know, what happened with uh, Sherman and all of that, right? Right. It it is the indoctrination camps and the, the reservation status, the... Um, re-education camps, right? The Indian schools, as they like to call them, that have an absolutely brutal history. I get it. I understand all of that. Your beef isn't with me. It's with the government. I didn't do anything to you. Does that give them the right to just murder me? War is messy. War is messy. If you want to side with Hamas, Okay, okay, then Israel's got a right to defend itself, and it's got a stated goal, and its goal is the destruction of Hamas. Hamas shall not exist in any way, shape, or form. And every single person that's involved with Hamas is going to die. This idea... That because we've got modern technology, modern machinery, modern, 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 uh, we've got AI technology, we've got people that can sit with uh, joysticks here in America or joysticks in Tel Aviv and, and uh, you know pinpoint accurate. No, they can't. There's no such thing as a perfect war. It doesn't exist and it never will. And by the way, guess what? There's no such thing as a moral war. What do I mean by that? Because war's messy. War makes people make really difficult life and death decisions that may or may not prove to be the right quote unquote decision in hindsight, right? Oh, it turns out that that 14 year old boy that looked like he was carrying a uh, uh, um, an IED vest. Um, it was a, it was a pen that looked like a, or a, it was a pointer, not a, not a explosive device uh, trigger. How do you think that makes the person who pulled the trigger and killed that person right, feel? How do you, ask, ask literally hundreds of thousands of people who have had to make that decision time and time again. The point of the matter is there's no such thing as a perfect war, yet that's exactly what these Yale Daily News people, right? That's exactly what this reporter for Hamas, let's be real on that, is asking That there has to be some sort of, there has to be a number put on everything. As if there's some sort of justification or justification for asking for a ceasefire. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, if you want to go down this road, Pat, and, and feel free to comment after this. How about this, Pat? Six million. Oh,
1: I see where you went with that.
2: I'm just going to pull a number out of thin air for you. Uh-huh. You want civilian deaths? You want an idea? Six million. Oh, wait, there are not six million of you. You want to go, with that, right? wanna go with that route? Right? You want to go that route? Want to play that game? Let's play. Let's play your moral high ground, get off of it. It doesn't exist in war. The only moral high ground that exists is you killed innocent people for no reason, so you don't get to exist anymore. It's just that simple.
1: And yet, here we are, as the Yale newspaper and the editor of the Yale newspaper continue to do is to bury their heads in the sand, much like many people did with the Holocaust. They buried their heads in the sand, saying it didn't to. exist, wasn't real. Um you you're really gonna defend the atrocities that are happening?
2: And that's not to suggest that by the way Israel's gonna that Israel's gonna be perfect in its defense no. of itself. Look, no. if they're it going around literally on purpose attempting to murder very innocent civilians, that's a different story. But again, what do we know about the realities of what's going on the ground in Gaza? Hamas is literally blockading them, keeping them in cities, making them to the point where they are literally civilian targets of war. They're doing it to their own people. So get off of your moral high horse with this, how many civilians have to die before a ceasefire exists? Okay. I'm going to play so my answer my my answer would be look. There's no moral equivalency here. None. One side did something to civilians, the other is attempting to defend itself and root out a a government that is embedded within a civilian population. So no. And then my answer would be and by the way just in case you really want a justification, six million, and walk off the stage.
1: And and here we are also trying to talk about this idea of oh we have to perfect warfare, we have to perfect war. Um, it can't happen. Wars no. are fought by humans. Well, we have technology now. Well, who created that technology? Right, we did.
2: Right, and I talked it's to you servility. about this off air. I mean, mm. I my my brokerage Compass, right? They they just unveiled their own. AI tool that we get to use, which is fantastic, by the way. I absolutely love it. But it's not perfect. And it can never be perfect because it cannot know every nuance of marketing law in the state of Illinois versus Wisconsin versus California versus Florida versus New York, da 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 It cannot know um, maybe um, exactly how to pronounce a neighborhood or a last name or something of that nature. Or it might run a sentence on and, and where our version of English versus the British version of English might be different with how we put a comma or a semicolon in a a sentence, right? You still have to double-check your work. Even that, on that basic of a level, it can't get it right all the time. It turns out you still need a human hand. Technology is not the answer. Humanity is not the answer either, by the way. Yeah, would it be great that there, if... If peace could prevail, absolutely. But in this particular case, peace can only prevail when evil is destroyed. And period, point blank, what Hamas did was pure, unadulterated evil. And it deserves no quarter, none. It deserves to be rooted out, destroyed, hunted down until the last animal that they are. All right. With that being said, we said that this is going to be a WTF Wednesday. Um, Let's go home. Let's go home. In fact, let's talk about AI, Pat, because we were just talking about it. Um, How do I know that we're not done? And how do we know that the left is not done? Its goals have not been achieved. And they're not going to be done until they literally um, have everything in their own power. Um, Let's try this on for size from Christopher Rufo on, on X. President Biden has signed an executive order that will require AI companies to, quote, address algorithmic discrimination and, quote, ensure that AI advances equity. They want to embed the principles of CRT and DEI into every aspect of AI. The, um... Actual quote here: The actual uh, part of this is irresponsible use. Irresponsible uses of AI can lead to lead to and deepen discrimination, bias, and other abuses in justice, healthcare, and housing. The Biden-Harris administration has already taken action by publishing the blueprint for an AI bill of rights and issuing an executive order directing agencies to combat algorithmic discrimination. To ensure that AI advances equity and civil rights, the president directs the following additional actions. Provide clear guidance to landlords, federal benefits programs, and federal contractors to keep AI algorithms from being used to exacerbate discrimination. And two, address algorithmic discrimination through training, technical assistance, and coordination between the Department of Justice and federal civil rights offices on best practices for investigating and prosecuting civil rights violations related to AI. That's right, computers. Which, by the way, yes, you're yes, we have long said this. Whom is writing the code for this the this artificial intelligence? Humans, humans can be discriminatory. Humans can have bias. Absolutely, they can a thousand percent. And that means they could write bias and they could write this stuff into their code a thousand percent. Oh. But really. See, they're not going to be done until they have absolute government control of AI. They're not going to be done until the lens of oppressed versus oppressor is now the lens of AI. And you can only access it with your what? Your score. Your social credit score, right? Yep. ESG. ESG. Your ESG score. If it's high enough, cool. If not, nah, brah, can't use it. They're not done. Unless you think that, well, they have the institutions, they have the, now they're not done. They are not going to be done until every piece of language, every piece of society, every piece of thing that you use, that you consume, has filtered through this lens. Now, do I believe in fair housing? Absolutely. Because we have seen society. We've seen redlining. We have seen blockbusting. We have seen it. It is history, it is reality. To this day, I have dealt with potential landlords or potential people who literally say, Well, um, I only want this ca- type of candidate in my apartment or in this building or in this or in that. And you know what my answer is? Yeah, um, I'm no longer working with you. I do not violate fair housing laws and I do not discriminate based on, on those. No, no, not going to happen because I'm a good person. You're a terrible person. Only you want young women in this apartment. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> no, just no. What the hell is that? Right? It exists, it does what? The government's the solution to this? Prove to me that AI has this. It doesn't have the power to do this. Does it have the capability of doing this? Yeah. But it's also built to take in literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of data points and spit out an answer for you that might be better than a credit score plus this plus that, right? On a housing level, on a rentability level. It might be able to take into account like they're on an upswing versus a downswing in in their life or this or that or whatever, right like, oh, by the way, they've been at this new job for six months and it's paid triple what their old job is paying them. so that makes a very big difference to the future of their credit, right and their ability to pay you XYZ right uh for the it could help you set a uh an equitable quote unquote rent level and it could be more relatable to the market and the needs of the renter. Like let's say, for instance, they're paying $1,500 a month and, oh, by the way, ding, 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 um, we now know that they're making double what they were making. Could you raise that rent? You have no idea in a normal society today, no clue, but AI can help you with that. It can help you make your rents more dynamic. It can help do really positive things for you and for everybody could also say, hey, they're they're struggling a little bit, but they've been really good tenants. How about we back off on rent for a little bit? And then we can ramp it up when they're in better economic times, right? To, to even things out for you and, and keep a renter in there instead of having an occupancy issue. There are so many really good things about AI. It's just stupid. This has got to be the dumbest damn thing I have ever seen. Embed DEI and critical race theory Right on in. From that to the dumbest takes of all time on the AR 15 in the wake of the shooting that happened allegedly with an AR 15, right? In Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want the right dumb or the left dumb first pack?
1: You know, let's mix it up a little bit and go with the right dumb first.
2: Okay, Gretchen Wilson. Former Fox News host, right? Yeah.
1: So you might have seen the news story about my tweet regarding Ben Shapiro and his love of AR-15s. Big round of applause for the clever detectives who pointed out that technically, a few ranchers and animal control people did own these guns before 2004. And since we're all big fans of math, here are more numbers that seem relevant. In 1992, AR-15s composed roughly 21 in every 100 firearms made in the U.S. By 2020, almost one in five guns made here were AR-15s. There are now more than 20 million AR-15s in people's closets and cabinets. Oh, and there's this. In 2023, there's been 560 mass shootings in our country, and we still have two months to go. This is not normal. A world where everyone has AR-15s is just a hell of a lot more dangerous than one where we don't.
2: i Huh? Um, Pat, can we do some basic math here, please? Sure. 21 Let me one divided calculator. by 100 equals 21%, right?
1: Uh wait, say that say that number one more time.
2: 21 divided by 100 would be .21, which would be 21%, yeah. right? right? Yes. Yes. And 1 in 5 is equal to 20%. 20%. You're not making the point you think you're making. <laughs> you are literally wait, she, she literally was saying that in, in the 90s, right? That 21 out of every 100 guns in America was a AR-15. That would mean 21% of all guns being manufactured in America were AR-15s. And after 2004, whatever the hell the, the year was in the second part of this, she claims one in five, which would be 20%. So you're saying that there were more guns being more AR-15s being manufactured in 1994 than there are today. And this is the other part, again, where I continue to tell you that correlation, causation, not the same thing. More importantly, stats can lie. And here's the rub on the stat because she also says, well, there are more AR15s in circulation than ever before. There's some what, 320 million or whatever she said it was, AR15s in circulation today. That is a cumulative number of all the people who have ever bought an AR15, right? Does that mean that these what? How many how many Glock 9 millimeters, How many, you know, Walther PPKs exist? How many?
1: And then to correlate, and then to correlate the, sh- the, what, the what the mass shootings is that what she was
2: citing? <laughs> She's attempting to, to say that because we with, have more more of these in circulation than ever before, quote unquote. Well, no, sh- Sherlock. Guess what? If if I have the Walther PPK right, and then uh-huh. I'm going to bring out a brand new Walther nine millimeter, right? I'm going to bring out a brand new version of it, and then in year one I sell five million. And in year two I sell another seven million. Guess how many guns are in circulation of that variety? Let's do the math here. That would be what? Twenty-two or twelve million, excuse me. That'd be twelve million in total circulation. But in year one there were only five million, Pat. What kind of dumb what 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 does that prove?
1: Nothing. It, she's trying to she's trying to make some kind of weird correlation for causation here, and th- that doesn't exist.
2: But it's not even that. She's trying to say that the, these guns were not prevalent. The, her first original point is that prior to 1994, these guns were not uh uh these were a novelty, right? These were not a thing that were uh and that this is like a fetishizing of a of a particular gun. Uh-huh. No, not really. It's actually a a rifle that is actually pretty easy to use and operate. Um, So if you don't have a handgun in your house, an AR-15 is actually a really nice defense tool. I would argue it doesn't get the job done that well from a perspective of you just shooting it. And we'll get into that in a moment. But... Um, you're you're trying to talk to us about prevalency of the gun and 1994 numbers were 21% of all the guns manufactured, right? And now it's one in five. That's 20%. That, That means they were manufacturing more of them and they're now manufacturing less of them. Even if it's by a percent. That is not the point you think you were making. Like, how dumb do you have to be to not get that math? And then... To sit there and smirk and smarm as if you're making some sort of point. What the? Ay ay ay. But we're not done with the stupidity of the AR-15 points.
0: And on the uh, topic of what happened in Maine and the AR-15s. Yeah, I, I would love to see an assault weapons ban, like President Reagan. I don't believe they're a sport or hunting um, uh, instrument. It's like
1: shooting fish in a bucket. But that's my. But take. also,
0: if you shoot with an AR-15, let's say you shoot it's a deer, you chicken. can't eat it. Because you basically demand. In addition to that, but the hunt yeah. is about an actual difficult process, not massacring bodies of any kind. But my point is I'd love to see that.
2: Um question for you, Pat. The two two three round that would be coming out of an AR fifteen for you. Um The reason why most people don't use an AR fifteen for hunting and the two two three round for hunting would be why? Um, It it has nothing to do with uh, exploding meat. (laughs) I'll give you that. It has everything to do with the fact that it actually is not powerful enough to drop the animal where you shoot it. And it's cruel to the animal because it would take hours. It would be not a mercy kill. It would be an elongated, horrific, multi... You'd have to shoot it multiple times. The, The reason why you don't is because it's not powerful enough. You're talking about deer hunting? You don't use it for deer hunting because it is not a powerful enough bullet. It, it doesn't shoot well enough to literally make this a humane kill, if you will, right? You, you, nobody uses an AR-15 to hunt. Nobody does. Now, it's a different story with human beings versus animals, as we can clearly see, but it's not used in hunting. Not because it explodes the deer meat and, and makes it unusable and and unpackageable, if you will. No. No. It actually would quote unquote preserve the meat better. Except for right. except for if you shoot with a that rifle from a any sort of real distance, which you necessarily would probably be doing if you're hunting. You better be able to hit that twice, three times, in order to drop it.
1: Not to mention, you want to hit that deer in a certain spot to make the meat edible
2: too. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. But but it, it, that's neither here nor there. The point is that you use a much more powerful, right, bullet. It, it, but my, my
1: point is, if you're, if you're taking, if you're using an AR-15, you're hunting deer with it, and you have to hit it from distance, you have to hit it multiple times, right? Chances are you're not hitting it in the right spot to Look, make it edible. I, I'm not right. a hunter,
2: but that, that's a culture that if you're from northeast Wisconsin, you grow up around, okay? You grow right, up around yeah. people who literally, like, we already know what opening weekend is in Wisconsin for hunting we already know that and we already know not to go up that weekend be, uh to visit family because everybody's going to be gone i mean it's literally called widow's weekend for the for the ladies and all sorts of craziness and if you're not a hunter by the way if you if you're under the age of 30 and you're not a hunter it's a great weekend to go out and find the single ladies or to to yeah it, the craziness ensues that weekend i'm just letting you know but with that all being said, the point of the matter is, what the hell is Joey Behar talking about? She doesn't know her ass from her elbow in this. Th- these are two of the dumbest takes I've ever heard of the AR-15. Uh, it, I mean, can we be I know honest, that it's though? Joey Behar. I get that, Pat. But yeah. can you at least educate yourself before you talk on this issue? You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. The deer doesn't just poof, explode and on from the inside out or some... Bo- like, like it's the dried turkey from god knows what
1: <sighs> she doesn't know her ass from her elbow any other day so what, I understand what, what makes
2: you think i understand that, that back, but come on come on mm-hmm. an ar-15s 223 bullet the thing that it can shoot is not powerful enough to kill a deer that's why you don't use it for deer hunting nobody does There are many others like a 22 or a 30 odd six that some people use for deer hunting. I would suggest using a 30 odd six might be overkill, but anyway. Point of the matter is this there are very many other weapons. There are many other weapons that people will use to do this. Get your shit right if you're going to talk about this issue because all you do is discredit the, the entirety of your point. What is your point? That this is a weapon that you shouldn't be able to buy because it doesn't hunt and, and uh, therefore it has no purpose. No, it has many other purposes, you dumbass. Ugh. Speaking of dumbasses, um, this is how you deal with and make people show their ass. Corey Bush.
0: That 40 You're you're saying that they're paying their fair share is what you're saying. No, I'm
2: asking what percentage is a fair share?
0: Their fair share, the same, if I'm paying, if a third of my money is going to taxes, then I think a third of their money should be going to taxes. It does. Well, it does.
2: I'm trying to understand because you realize the effective tax rate on the poor is less than it is on the rich, right?
0: Okay, so first of all, I'm not the poor. I'm very close to that line, but I'm not the poor. Okay, so the effective tax rate on the, the effective tax rate on the middle class okay. is less than it is on the rich. Correct?
2: What fair share would you like to? Ch- <laughs> I. This is my favorite. Okay, so what is that number? What is the fair share? What is it? She can't do it. Nope. She can't Maybe do it. Can't do it. Uh, we get this from the Biden administration. Actually, Joe Biden himself.
1: And, you know, when you've bounced a few checks like I did, you know, when I was trying to get started it. Uh, anyway, that's over.
2: <laughs> um, this was in a response to some sort of question about the Biden crime family and uh, checks between James Biden and him and da 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 da. Right. Uh, who told him that joke yoking? Because that's not a joke. Uh, who told him yucking it up and yoking it up is a good response to, um, dude, you just got caught with $200,000 uh, being transferred to you from your bro, um, who also then received, oh, wait, there's also payments from China to Hunter Biden to pay off loans of $200,000 at a time. and uh, Yuckity yuck. Yeah. Yeah really that that's where we're going here um he says he bounced checks when he was younger and jokes it's hard to get bank records after republicans have subpoenaed uh both joe and hunter to try to get more details on foreign deals and that's where this question was coming from is that if they're going to answer that subpoena hard to get bank records Mm, no brah just just no it's actually, like, their job to maintain your bank records at the bank. We are just a wholly unserious people, and that's what we WTF really proved today. With that, yeah, folks, we, we really uh, Pat, your final thoughts. Um, Don't get lost.
1: Remember who you are. No means no. And, Andrew, since today is the first day of your birthday month, mm-hmm. my gift to you. Is this well? Not this particular one, but a uh, Ohio State hoodie just like this one for you to wear on the show. Um, directly since, uh, into
2: the trash. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. No, no, no. To wear on the show. No. Nope. Since nope. um. No. Nope. You know, my... Like, well, on that note, folks,
2: please be smart, be safe, be kinder than Pat. As oh, always, man. make sure you eat all of your meals. And Matthew, five forty-seven.